Welcome back to the Idiom Podcast. My name is Connor O'Brien. If you're new here, this is a show where we interview artists, producers, and industry experts, really anyone who we feel can help you grow as a producer. In this episode, I have a chat with Glacier. Glacier is a talented artist and producer who's well known for his original releases on MonsterCat. Now, if you feel stuck right now at school or at work, you'll definitely want to carve out some time to listen to this episode in full. It's been a real lengthy journey for Glacier to get where he's at right now with both work and production, and there's a lot to learn from the way that he's both handled and mishandled different situations. Now, for the episode, we start off with Glacier's background in music, looking at the creative methodology he used to quickly learn and pick up new instruments. We talk about him going to and dropping out of college, his experience attending an audio engineering school, and the various part-time jobs he's held while growing his artist project. We talk about the balance between pursuing your craft and financial stability, and how he struck a great balance with his current working situation. On the production side, we talk about how to develop a consistent writing workflow, how to add more complexity to your music, and the importance of learning music theory. We also talk about the right way to win a remix contest, what plugins he can't live without, and what he learned teaching at an audio engineering school for two years. Before we dive into the episode, Glacier just released his Temple Inward EP on Monster Cat. I'll play you his track Ubi off of it as we slide to the interview so you can get a feel for his music. With that, let's wrap things up and get right to the interview. Here's the EDM Podcast with Glacier. to the EDM podcast today. I'm joined by Elliot, who releases under the name Glacier. Elliot, how are you doing today? I am doing super swell. Awesome. So to start, I'd love to learn more about your background with music. You can go back as far as you'd like, but I'd like to learn what got you into music and later on music production. Yeah. Um, so it, my, my dad is, is a, he's always been super heavy into music. He's always been in bands throughout basically his, his whole life. Uh, and, and throughout my life that, that, didn't change. It's not like he ever stopped. So I, I grew up like going to band practice with him and like watching him play guitar and drums with all of his friends and stuff. And I think, I think for me, that was like the starting point of everything. He eventually like kind of, he didn't like push me into it as if, as if like, Oh, you're my, you're my musical son. You have to be <laughs> musical. But he like, like they, my parents got me a drum set for Christmas when I was like 10 or something and got me uh, my first guitar, probably, I don't know, like, f- like first or second grade, yeah. something like that. Um, so they were definitely enthusiastic when, when I was interested in it. Uh, as like I said, they got me a drum set and I, I think at first, like I tried it and I was like, I don't really know if I like this. So I went for, for quite a while without really doing anything. Uh, but I think just over time I, I slowly realized like, Hey, that, that actually is kind of cool. So, so yeah, I, I, I started playing drums at a pretty young age, eventually led into guitar and I started to focus on guitar a little bit more. Um, and I actually really like the way that my dad specifically went about teaching me those instruments. Cause he, he kind of sat me down with with like drums, uh, and he he showed me some basic yeah. stuff. But then he was just like, "You do the rest," because <laughs> uh, because the way that he learned is he just he's just self taught. So, um, 
he didn't really have anyone to teach him, so he he was just learning everything by himself pretty much. His his brother was also into into music, but they they just learned it together, uh, and and I think that that discipline for him uh, was very impactful. And he he wanted the same thing for me basically. So he he showed me the basics and then let the rest be up to me. Uh, so that way I could I guess guide myself as far as how much I actually want to do it, as well as like you do learn learn some some different things when you you're forced to do it yeah. by yourself I guess. Um, so I re I really like that a lot. He in doing that got me really in tune to uh, playing by ear. So I learned a lot of songs just by listening to them. Uh, still do to the day. Um, I, th I think it's a good skill to have to be able to break down song structure and, and keys and figure out the chords that you're hearing. Uh, and it's just, I think it's fun. I love it. It's, it's great. Um, I, I, I basically stuck with, with drums and guitar for quite a while. Um, once I got into high school, uh, my friend who, my friend Julian, who is super duper heavy computer nerd, got me into computers. And one day I was hanging out at his house and he mm -hmm. downloaded a demo of FL Studio because uh, he knows I like music and stuff. And we were just playing around with it at his house. I, he went to bed at one point. I stayed up till like five in the morning <laughs> just making some song with like airplane noises and explosions awesome. and it was yeah i i still remember kind of how it sounds i mean i'm, I'm sure it was like the worst music you've probably ever heard but uh, i loved it it was so much fun yeah. um it, that was like the the big turning point into me wanting to produce there was a point earlier than that when uh, i actually had this game i have no idea what it's called uh on ps2 and maybe this was around i don't know like 2000 four or something okay. um this this game that was basically a, a daw for ps2 and you can yeah. like draw in loops and make uh there's a couple midi things you can do and i like wrote songs on a ps2 and it was like focused towards electronic music so that was like yeah the real first step, but really, once once my friend downloaded FL Studio, I got super interested, got myself a copy, and I just I kept going from there. Uh, it was it was a pretty rough start, honestly, because I I don't know if I didn't think to or if I was kind of stubborn, but I didn't like watch any tutorials. Yeah. Uh, I didn't look up any guidelines. I just opened up the program and tried to tried to figure everything out. So I don't know if I got that from trying to learn how to play guitar or yeah, drums, yeah, yeah. but it, honestly, it was probably a bad decision because it took so long to learn anything. Uh, I mean, it was fun and I, I, I learned a lot, but it was terrible. Um, I, the, the first few songs I made in FL studio, actually, quite a few amount of songs I, I, for years i just used the the single clip the single pattern to write songs in instead of actually putting my patterns oh. into the arranger and just inefficiencies uh, it, across the board is what it sounds like <laughs> exactly exactly yeah it's it's just like so silly uh when when i think back on it there was i even remember just a monumental day where i was like oh my god I can make multiple <laughs> patterns and write them in the arranger. And I was just like, what the, what have I been doing with my life? It is funny. Like how little, you know, when you start and you're just like, why did I do that? Yes. Like one thing that I remembered the other day was that I bought sample loops off of iTunes 
back in like 2012. Like I didn't know you could buy samples off of iTunes, but there was like these loops that I bought and I'm like, oh my God, these are so cool. I'm going to be able to like make music off of this. Like Splice wasn't a thing. I didn't know about Loop Masters. And I thought like, oh, this is the secret is buying loops off of iTunes, which is like not yeah, even a thing yeah, anymore. You, you have to, yeah, I honestly, I had no idea that that was everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's really funny, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just inefficiency at its best. But I think just like, like when I was learning guitar there, there is a sort of, uh, importance to the, the self-discipline that you can get when you are so self-guided yeah. when you're learning stuff like that. Um, you can be way more efficient in learning for sure. Uh, I'm not saying that people should not, uh, try to learn things, uh, efficiently and, and better to their best abilities. Um, but I do like like aspects of, of teaching yourself things and, and finding them on your own, uh, even if it might not have been the, the fastest yeah. path. Uh, so yeah, that that was uh, basically how I got into production. Um, I, I, I kept rolling with it. I did it all throughout high school. Um, I did it throughout, after high school, I, I went to uh, college. I went to IUPUI for biology. Uh, I was only there for two semesters. I was an awful, awful student. I did so poorly. <laughs> uh, just mostly because I, I slacked off, I hung out with friends, and I yeah. worked on music. So I was like going to class for biology, and I was just like, man, I just want to work on music. Um, and that was when I realized, unfortunately, that was when I realized that was what I wanted to yeah. do more seriously. Um, and you can imagine it's, it's, it wasn't great because of financial issues. Uh, I didn't have any scholarships. I was just, I kind of was the guy that like went to college because that's what <laughs> people do and you have to do it to be successful, I guess. I mean, you um, say that like you're one of the few people that goes to college just because their parents say that I would say a good portion of people, but some people just keep going through and then they're, you know, 45 yeah, and miserable, yeah. but not that you shouldn't. I went to college and I loved it. I'm glad. Oh went, yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not saying people shouldn't go to college, but, but yeah, I, I, I definitely, I definitely should, should not have, and I should have probably decided that myself. Um, yeah. So kind of go back on that. I think there's, I'm sure there's at least a few people listening to this podcast that are in a similar situation. And some people might be in um, kind of analogous ones that are in college or they have a career that they're just like, this isn't what I want to do. I know I want to do music. Talk about more about your headspace there and what you did next. Yeah. Um, so the, that's the, the tough thing is because you, there's this thing that you know you really would love to do. You don't really know how much you'd love it, you know, for the rest of your life. No one knows any of that stuff. But yeah. uh, you you know that it's not secure, at least to start with. You yeah. can you can almost guarantee yourself that. Um, and it's it's frustrating because because you're like I just want to do something that is going to make me happy, probably make me a better person at the end of the day, mm -hmm. do things that I'm proud of, but you know, financially you can't. And unfortunately that's the world that we live in. But, um, I, I do think the, uh, the, the weight of, of following it is, is very heavy and very important. Um, I, I still think that like, I should have tried to do better in school. I should not have been yeah. focusing so much on music that I basically wasted my time and my money. Um, 
it did push me to to make the the decision that I wanted to do to continue with music, but I I don't think you should waste uh, situations that you are in just for other things that you hopefully are going to be interested in for the long the long term, even though you're you're unsure. Um, so it, it it is a hard decision to make, especially if you're already in that that situation where. You know, you know you want to be something else, but you're doing this. Uh, I, I do think it's worth, even if you're you're unsure of where you are, to, to make the best of it. Um, I've had some friends that went into the military and hated every second of it, but it's not like they they tried to do their their best to get discharged yeah. or they you're they, like, I'm here. I'm you know, do they, it. Here. Exactly. Yeah, and and I do regret. Um, not at least trying to do my best in school um, when I when I had the opportunity to do so, um, even though doing so has brought me here today. But but yeah, and it's it's a hard decision to make. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Kind of going back on that, I think that's a really valuable point where you mentioned you don't know if you're going to want to do music for the rest of your life, and it by itself, especially at the start, there's so much financial insecurity. Yeah. And I think there's some people out there that might say, if you want to be in music, you need to put absolutely everything into it, put all of your eggs in that basket. And I just personally, and it seems like you're kind of in the same mindset, think that's really naive to expect that you have enough to be able to create a sustainable career and that you'll enjoy it 10, 15 years down the line. I don't for myself think it's like you're giving anything away by having a backup plan. I think it's empowering where you're like, Hey, if music doesn't work out, I've got something else that I've invested in. And if you're in a situation, kind of like you said, in school or at work, give it your best and you'll have another option if music doesn't become what you want it to be. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. I mean, um, because even though music is what you love, even if you, if you talk about really any career specifically, if someone's like, Oh, I want to be, uh, a botanist, uh, which yeah. doesn't sound outrageous uh, compared to when people say I want to be a musician, but it's still it's still something that you're not sure of. Uh, yeah, you, you, you do have to be realistic. Um, I and and most people aren't in a situation where they they actually have the ability to continue with something you know full fledged. They're they're not able to, like you said, put all their eggs in one basket, and that's completely understandable. You know, someone might be from a background where their their family isn't financially stable. Uh, they maybe they get some scholarships and they go to school, and then all of a sudden yeah. they realize they want to be a painter, but. Uh, they can't just, you know, take two years to figure it out uh, while they're learning it, and they're spending all their time doing it, making absolutely no money. But they, yeah, you just it's it doesn't make any sense. If you if you are in a situation where you can do so, uh, great. But it's just it's not uh, not very likely, you know. So kind of talk about jumping back in. You decided after two semesters you wanted to drop out of school and focus on music more intensely. Talk about kind of your next steps from there. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, not that it, not that it's ever like smooth sailing, but um, yeah. it it felt rough, you know, because I, I like I came home from school and moved back home, and I was just like, man, like, well, that sucked. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I, I started working at a restaurant and I was just like, well, like I was just saving money and still working on music as much as I could. Um, and I was just like, well, what, what do I do now? Uh, do I just keep doing this as much as I can and, and uh, hope that, that it will lead somewhere? Um, and I, I think that is how I kind of felt. I was just pushing myself as hard as I could outside of work. Um, 
uh, and and eventually that what that led me to do is there's actually a, a trade school in Ohio. Uh, it's just a seven week program for audio engineering that teaches recording and dealing with bands and instruments and audio engineering. And I yeah. I thought that that was a, an interesting path to take because it was hands on learning. Um, I thought it would be fun, uh, mostly as well as obviously educational for me. Um, at this point, I I felt pretty confident in my producing. Uh, around this time was when I had written my earlier stuff of the project, so like the Slap EP. Uh, at least at least starting it, maybe not finishing it. Um, there's a song on my SoundCloud. It's the first song uh, called Groove Shampoo, which uh, Love I think, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Uh, I would call that song kind of the turning point for okay. me, for, for me realizing what I wanted to do uh, with my style at least. Uh, but um, that, that was when I, I, I what was I saying? I, I, I basically, I, I wanted to go to the school to, to learn more, uh, and I realized that I wanted to do it a little more seriously, uh, basically. So at this yeah. point, too, to contextualize it, when you decided that you didn't want to go to school anymore, you had made good headway with music production and had at least your first EP out, which is still out right now. Yes, um, well, uh, kind of. Uh, when I was done with college, all of that music is is non-existent okay. these days. Um, I, I was writing a lot of remixes of video game songs that I loved. Uh, not the not the remixes I made, but I love the video <laughs> game songs. Um, and I was I was just figuring out production. Uh, I, I spent a lot of time in college doing so. Um, when I moved back home, uh, I was still kind of figuring it out, but I was definitely getting more confident with it. Uh, a lot of the learning came from my high school era, and then definitely extra learning in college. But after I was done with that, I I felt pretty good. I still wasn't, you know, you're always learning. But I wasn't exactly where I wanted to be producing wise, but yeah. I I felt comfortable, which was honestly really nice because I felt like I could write music that I wanted to, um, which is good because the learning part was kind of at least a little bit out of the way, which is nice. So you went to that engineering trade school. Talk about what those next steps were for you to kind of get this project off the ground running. So like I said, the, the EP, the, the slap EP actually came out basically right before I went to that school. Um, okay. And so what, what happened with that EP is I had sent it to my current manager, Eric, uh, with Wolf Beats. Uh, I sent it through Wolf Beats um, to released through their label and Eric loved it. Um, he, in the, in the past, I actually, maybe a couple months prior to this, I, uh, did a remix contest for one of Nitro Fun's songs and it was through Wolf Beats. So that's how I ended up actually meeting Eric and kind of finding out about Wolf Beats. Um, so when I had my EP finished, I was, you know, looking for labels. I had considered a couple options and gotten some good responses, but uh, at the end, decided to go with them. And Eric really liked it, and he liked it so much that he wanted to bring me on, actually, for management. He he liked how my sound had a particular style to it that he found could be uh, marketed pretty well. Um, so this happened basically right before I went to the trade school. Um, so I like, I like went there like shoulders high, you know, super <laughs> confident. And then the way things were going, uh, I had like quit my job working at a, at the restaurant to go here. Um, so I felt pretty good. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I went to the school, um, 
I had just gotten management. I, I learned a lot, but I didn't learn a lot in the ways I thought I would, I, which I'm actually really thankful for. I, I, I learned a lot for the stuff that I, I didn't know yet. Um, and the stuff that I, that I did know, they actually didn't talk about too much. They didn't mention on it and they reinforced a lot of things that, that I was, you know, curious about or unsure of. Um, but the, the whole aspect of, since they were so uh, like tracking focused with bands, um, it, it, it introduced me to a, a whole new world of audio that I didn't really, like I knew of before, but I had never touched or dabbled in and it was a lot of fun. I, I love, these days I've worked with a lot of bands actually at this point and I, I love that aspect of, of audio engineering, just recording and tracking different microphones, different outboard yeah. gear. It's, it's so much fun and I, I would have had no introduction to, to any of that had I not have gone there. Um, as well as just like, like I said, reinforcements of things I'd already been doing. So like using, you know, quote unquote, proper techniques for, you know, EQ compression yeah. and mixing and so forth. Uh, uh, it, it was, it was great. I loved it. Uh, it wasn't a super long course, but it, it, it was a lot, it was a lot of fun and I learned a lot. Um, the, that place, uh, is almost like a time capsule. Yeah, yeah. You feel like you're, <laughs> you're like frozen in time there it's kind of cool um but the that school part particularly was actually a pretty big part of my life because right after i'd finished uh i came back home and i actually applied for an internship there and a couple months went went by and i responded uh, mm. about the internship and they wanted to bring me on so awesome. i actually went back as an intern and i i interned there for quite a while um i i was probably an intern honestly for it was supposed to only be two classes but i was an intern for like six months i think and you know just was this a paid internship for part of it yeah at first it okay. wasn't uh once it started to be like they kind of wanted to keep me around they started to uh, pay me um and it was nice because i was i was learning new things uh i was actually starting to learn a little bit about teaching um and I, I got to see the the background of things so i you know I'm, I'm i was around audio engineering all day long so i learned even more stuff uh lots of like fixing random parts and all all kinds of random connection issues that are are annoying to deal with and stuff um but that internship eventually uh progressed into me working there so i i worked there for about two years. Um, so for time frame wise, just so you know, I had gone there to school uh, in 2014, okay. 2015. Um, so I got on as an internship at the end of 2015, got hired somewhere in 2016. So I worked there for about two years, actually. Um, and I loved it. Uh, it's, it was great. I taught lots of people about audio engineering uh, and my internship gave me a, a lot of lot of skills that I wouldn't have had prior. Um, teaching was a lot of fun. Doing the actual teaching aspect, yeah. I still was learning all the time and f finding new problems that I got to solve every day. I met a lot of people um, and it was it was a great time. I, I, I loved it. Yeah. It seems like such an invaluable experience to have the opportunity to learn as long as you did. And especially like you weren't paying for it while you were an intern and you were getting paid um, for it as well. So like you didn't have to like worry about a side job. Then obviously just like teaching there. There's one thing that I've learned teaching music production is you reinforce and understand those topics so much more 
when you have to teach them to somebody who doesn't know about that. And I'm sure that's helping your production oh, yeah. along the way too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, uh, like, cause, um, like there would just be this thing that I've done countless times. Uh, but then like all of a sudden, maybe I get this one student that does something differently yeah. and, and it's just like, you know, I never really thought about that, but that's a good point. Nice. Or, or like I'll, I'll be teaching something and, and I notice in the like in-depth, uh, talk about it in like the textbook or something that there's there's more information that i just like a small tidbit where i'd be like that opens up so many new possibilities yeah. uh um just like a quick example mm. um of something like that i i uh taught the mastering lecture there and i was going through the textbook and there was someone talking about parallel techniques with mastering and that got me really interested because i i master uh pretty often um and that got me really interested because i I th after I uh, had looked at the par parallel mastering techniques, I actually like went back into some old mastering projects and just took my whole mastering chain and played around with with the yeah. mix of the whole chain overall, which is something I I just never even thought of, and it's it's super cool. It's 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 interesting. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's like you use parallel processing in the mix. Why not in the master? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, you, you got to worry about uh, uh, linear phase and stuff, but. But yeah, just, just little tidbits that you just, you pick up every day and it's, it's great. Yeah. I think also just like being around so many other musicians, like obviously the, you know, technical aspect of the school was really helpful for you, but there's so much value in just being in a space around other musicians that you can learn from their workflow, from their perspectives outside of like the technical, you know, school knowledge that you'll get, you're getting it kind of from both sides, which for at least in my experience with music school is almost the more valuable part, just having other people to bounce ideas off of and to learn from because you've got so many different ways to approach creating and there's always something you can learn from everyone. Yeah, I, I 100% agree because uh, as far as what you, um, with with that school specifically that I taught out, what you would get out of the program, it, it was really up to the student individually. Um, which yeah. it's really, it's, it's like a, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. So if you're, if you're asking lots of great questions, you're figuring out and talking to other students and how they're doing stuff. Also asking all the different instructors and just figuring out different techniques that everyone uses. Cause there's yeah. no right answer for any single thing. Pretty much. Um, it's, it, you, you can get a lot of out of it mostly from the experience of, of just the people around you, um, whether, whether they're, you know, new to it or, they've been in it for quite a while. So, so yeah, it's pretty invaluable. I think, um, being able to just have other people to talk to. Yeah. So you went to that school in 2015, got the internship, then a more formal role. You got your first release on monster cat who you've been releasing with since 2016. Kind of talk about the development up to that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the, the whole time while I was interning and working, uh, my music, I was just continually writing. I mean, music is one of those things probably for most of us, even if we make $0 off of it, we'll probably not never stop writing. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I write music because I love it. So, uh, so yeah, basically throughout my whole story, I'm always writing more music, uh, that can be assumed. Um, so yeah, uh, during my internship, I, um, I actually wrote, uh, my second EP towards the latter half, the, the, the then and now EP, which was a little different for what I was doing prior. Um, still kind of similar in a sense, but it felt kind of new to me. Mm -hmm. um, and after that, I 
I'm trying to think of time frames. Uh, I'd written a couple remixes um, that I was pretty proud of, but uh, after the the EP, I had submitted to uh, the Get On Up remix contest okay. through Splice for through Monster Cat for the Jaws and Pegboard Nerds song, um, and ended up winning. So I uh, I remember it was it was so exciting. I was just hanging out with friends. We were I think we were playing either uh, Settlers of Catan or Magic the Gathering. We were just sitting at their house and I got this notification on my phone that I won the contest and we were just like, <laughs> and my friend, like, he was like, we got to celebrate. And they opened up some beer and I was just like, oh, this is sweet. Uh, yeah. So I was, I was excited and uh, my friends were excited for me. It was, it was great. Cause they, they, I mean, they like the other instructors um, that I've been teaching with, they've been, you know, seeing me progress mm -hmm. and everything um, as I've continually been writing more stuff. So it was nice uh, to, to get that recognition from them. Um, and I really liked the, uh, the words that Peg Wernerds and, and Jaws uh, said about my remix mm -hmm. specifically. Uh, and up until that point, Eric, uh, had been actually sending them my music just to, you know, show them how things are going as I've been progressing. Eric, uh, he's been sending it. I think, I think he was sending it to Ori, uh, specifically the label manager, um, a super nice guy. I've met him a couple of times. He's, he's awesome. So you were on monster cats radar by this point. It wasn't just like blind yeah, going yeah. into the remix contest. Like, I think there is something to be said about that. Yeah, definitely. Because because I wasn't just some person that they had absolutely no idea who I was. They they definitely they were like, oh, uh, I remember this guy. You know, I think there's a good piece of advice in that. Like, there's you can build relationships with labels without releasing on them. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, because I've I've built relationships with with random artists or or people from blogs and random stuff just from like talking to them on like a gaming chat in in a discord channel or, or something uh and even even if you're not a, i will say this you probably shouldn't approach them from a hey will you <laughs> check out my stuff right now type yeah. aspect you know i i think you should be a little more um what's the word i want to say a little more human yeah <laughs> that's that's a good way <laughs> to put it if if you had to listen to music all day like like if you were doing A&R, would you really be that ecstatic if some random person was just like, hey, will you listen to this music? Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get the same way. I like do music for a living and I produce on the side as well. And like when it's like a weekend and I'm playing basketball with somebody and that's what I do for a living, the last thing yeah. I want to talk about is music. I'm like, can we talk about whatever the <laughs> big NBA trade last night? I'm like, I don't yeah. want to talk about music. So yeah, a little, yeah, yeah. little less. No, I, I agree. Um, but yeah, yeah, just just random relationships that you get can be super invaluable. Um, just it it could even be as simple mm -hmm. as just this person that you talk to just one time. Like I said about like gaming, maybe you talk to them. I don't know about exercise or cooking that you're interested in or a TV show, but you got on a level playing ground where you can meet them and and they remember you. Um, and just the just that little spark yeah. is 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 uh, it can be very important. Um, so yeah, so I, I had won the Get On Up Remix contest, and like you said, that I wasn't a stranger to them, and that definitely like boosted my confidence for sure. Um, mm. So after that, I had started writing some originals and been trying to think a little bit more seriously as far as like 
landing with bigger labels for the the release themselves um my my ep then and now actually went through adapted records with which if do you know any of their history they're uh, they're a little on the questionable side uh, especially (laughs) um basically at one point uh an artist had come out and said like hey I, i talked to a bunch of people and none of us have ever gotten paid from them. <laughs> and like, that was, they, they came out with that recently after I, I came out with the EP and I was just like, huh, you know what? Neither have I yet. Mm. <laughs> so whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. so I started to think a little bit more seriously about, about the actual label themselves, because I was thinking more that I was wanting to actually pursue this as a career uh, eventually down the line. And which you have to think about every aspect when you're, when you're, you know, going for that, obviously. Um, so the, the next song that I wrote was, was dancing by myself. Um, and the, really the, the, the thing that pushed it over the edge for me as far as like, cause I think if you listen to all my music before then, like I love, I love it all, but there's definitely a turning point with that song where it, it feels, I don't know if I want to say like high production value, but it, it feels almost more yeah. grand in a sense. I get, um, I get what you're trying to say with that. And yeah. And, and I, th- I think, um, cause I, I had gone into the song actually knowing that, that I was going to have a vocalist on it. I didn't know who at first, um, cause we were trying to go with a yeah. couple different options. Um, and once I actually had the vocals, that was just like, it was my first track I'd ever actually worked with like vocals for my song specifically. And it, it really just helped me, um, kind of like hit a home run yeah. with it i feel like um although when looking back on that song <laughs> the uh the mix down of it is uh maybe it may be pretty sloppy in my opinion but you know i that's that was yeah. what four years ago so i've i've learned quite a bit from that but regardless uh I, the having the vocals for my like first original with with lyrics i was i was pumped about so i i I, I had a really easy time, honestly, writing the song. Even though it took me a long time, I I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and sorry, I dropped a bouncy <laughs> ball. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I wrote that song, and I actually went down to Texas. I visited my manager. Um, I actually had gone to a Monster Cat showcase uh, at the time – Eric was also managing Nitro Fun, so uh, Gus and I and uh, Wave Dash was also there. We had gone to the Monster Cat Showcase, and it was it was awesome. I, I met a lot of people from Monster Cat specifically. I met some different artists there, uh, which was really cool. Uh, it was the first time I got to meet yeah. Pegboard Nerds, so it was nice to talk to them and finally <laughs> like be like, "Hey, I remixed your song. You guys picked me," uh, or maybe yeah. you did, maybe someone else did, but whatever. Um, but it was cool, uh, which that that made it really nice because I got to meet uh, like Ori face to face, and then once I finalized the song after coming home, uh, we sent it over to them, and we actually got on a video call with Ori and John because Ori loved the song so much. Um, he was just like, "Yeah, I I think we should probably release this." So we we talked over the video awesome. call and ended up signing the song. Um, yeah, and I was pretty stoked about it. Um, and yeah, I think that was that's definitely the uh, the start of 
because I, I wouldn't really consider the remix contest the start of my yeah. relationship personally my relationship with monster cat it was i feel like it was more so the first single when i actually got to talk with them and uh connect with them so i could actually you know talk with them yeah a little more easily after the fact um yeah so it was it was it was cool i, I liked it a lot a piece of advice on that i just had a conversation yesterday about somebody that won like two or three remix contests in a row and then thought their career was going to take off, but nothing actually happened. And I think there's a big piece of advice in the fact that you won that remix contest and then immediately within a couple of months had a track, sent it to them, kind of developed that and nurtured that relationship. And you had something to build off of that relationship with. Cause like winning a remix contest is great, but that alone probably won't launch your career, especially in 2020, but leveraging those connections yeah. that that gave you, which is, you know, becoming friends with Ori and the Monster Cat team and connecting with those artists. And then from there being like, I have the music that I've been trying to send you, but now you're going to listen to it more so because I've already got a release on your label. Yeah. 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 No, I, I definitely agree. Cause like the, Oh, I remember just early days of SoundCloud. <laughs> so, so many artists, like their whole discography would just be remixes yeah. and like, because remixes get heard because people know the original song that you're remixing at least you know, in the early days of when SoundCloud was the only yeah. thing. Um, and I always, I always kind of didn't like that. Uh, I mean, I love remixes, but I don't know. I just, remixes can add something special to the table and it's a, it's an awesome, like unique style on a song. But I, I want for me personally, I just, I want to hear music that comes from like someone's mind, you know, like it's just this, this thing that, literally could not exist without that brain <laughs> and it's 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 cool yeah so um so yeah yeah i, I agree i i think uh if you're going straight for remix contests you know it's great for like getting kind of a foot in the door aspect of things even if you don't win the remix contest you know every remix gets heard in a remix contest or at least uh yeah, yeah. should get heard <laughs> um i should say i don't i don't know how everyone yeah. does it but if I had one, I would probably <laughs> listen to all of them. I, I no, I would definitely. I shouldn't say probably. Um, yeah, it's it's a very great foot in the door thing, but it's no, it's no career staple. Yeah, um, you know that has to happen for for everything else to happen. Yeah. Now you've been releasing with them for a few years. I know you've got an upcoming EP that I want to talk about later that you're releasing with them. Talk about what your situation is like right now in terms of working on music, like your day job, what that situation looks like for you. Yeah. Um, so after, like I, I mentioned, I had worked at the school. I, I moved back actually at this point. What is it? February, May, June. So I moved uh, actually like a, a little over a year and a half ago. Um, and I, I, I basically, I... I left the school because I was working full time and it was really hard for me to, to focus on music yeah. the way I wanted to. Um, as well as I, I did want to be closer to friends and family, uh, back towards my hometown. And I, it just, I, I basically yeah. just kind of had to do it, um, to make the decision for myself. So I, I moved back home, even though I loved working there. Uh, uh, so yeah, I, I came back home and I, I honestly just, I did music full time for like eight months, uh, which was great because I'd saved up some money to to really give me a little bit of leverage to do so, and I'm I was in a situation where I could, um, and that time was very uh, very yeah. important to me. Uh, I I got to write 
a lot of stuff. I I gave myself a schedule. I know most people don't do an actual schedule. Um, and I it was it was great. I mean, I I would wake up at like seven or eight, and I would start working at like nine yeah. or nine thirty, and I would just work on music. I had designated breaks, kind of in the middle, and then I stopped whenever the heck I wanted. You know, if I felt terrible, maybe I stopped early. If I felt good, I'd just maybe I'd even go to the night. Um, but I I just I wrote a ton of stuff and did lots of work. Um, and that's that's how I finished the EP. I definitely yeah. could not have done it if I didn't give myself that break. I, I mean, I could have done it, but it would have taken even more time. Mm. Uh, <laughs> which, I'd, yeah, I don't want to think about that. Um, so yeah, I it was uh, it was good, but the, uh, towards the end of it, uh, I I was running low on funds, and uh, there was a point actually my my car had a problem, and I had to I actually had to get rid of the car, uh, which was unfortunate. Um, I didn't really want it anyway. I was getting kind of sick of it, and I wanted a different car. I just wanted it to last yeah. at least a little bit longer. But oh well. Um, so I got rid of that, and I, I realized I I probably should get a job so I can pay for things, which only makes sense. Um, so yeah, I uh, I basically just got a job at that point. I started working at an animal hospital. Uh, I do still work there currently. Um, it's a lot of fun. I'm learning all kinds of really cool stuff. Um, I am working a little bit more than I would like to, but I am being pretty persistent with balancing music and and work. Uh, it's a it's a tough thing to do, um, especially after going from literally doing it yeah. 100% of the time music to to having to divvy it up yet again um i'm still not working as much as when i was teaching uh, which is nice um and who's to know, who's to say uh i'm my goal I'll, just like everyone's goal is to do it full time you know forever but uh i'm it's hard to say when i'll be able to hit that point um I'm hoping, you know, maybe by the end of the year, but you know, it, it doesn't matter either way. I'll be able to balance it regardless. So, yeah. I think there's, I don't know, a lot of value if you're not making enough money off of music yet to find a job, preferably like a part-time job, maybe 25, 30 hours a week that you can live off of, save a little bit, and then enable you to have as much time as you can for music. I think that's very unappreciated. And I'm not saying if you've got an awesome nine to five that with like decent salary to quit it to get a part time job. But for people that yeah. don't have a lot of prospects, it's definitely something worth considering. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I mean, like like I said, the reason I moved back home was because I was working full time and even and I loved that job, but I just I didn't have the time that I needed to to do what I wanted to do. So um so yeah, working part time especially since I, I, I do like the work that I do, uh, is really nice. Um, yeah. just like any job, it can be stressful, you know, and you do have to balance stuff. But, um, if this, if this is what you love and it's what you want, you, you just, you have to push for it. So I think that kind of catches us up to speed with where you're at now. I want to talk about the EP later, but for now, let's just dive into some general production things. First off, what does your general production workflow look like when you're starting a new song from scratch? Uh, I, these days it's been pretty consistent. Uh, it started off as messy as can be, um, like just writing from, from making like random loops and running with it until they become songs or finding chord progressions till they became songs or just doing sound design. And then maybe that sparks some inspiration. Um, yeah, excuse me. Uh, but these days it, uh, 
but I pretty much just I start with with a drop because <laughs> I for me it's it's easy to uh, figure out what else is going to happen if I know the meat of the project, yeah. um, which which is typically the the climax or the you know the bulk the choruses oh. the, the drops as you be. Um, <laughs> I I don't really start with 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 like intros anymore because I don't know I just I I used to do that where I worked on the songs very with a, a linearity just like that from start to finish and I just don't I don't like it anymore for some reason I think it's really uh, frustrating for me to be writing something where I'm like oh this is this is going somewhere yeah. and I'm like where <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like oh I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> And then I just get stumped. Um, but but if I have some at least some sort of idea, it's you know it, I don't have to have a finished main part of the song. I just have have to have an idea where I'm like, okay, this is what I want, and then I figure everything else out. Um, and as far as like starting like a raw starting, um, I usually do start with like uh, you know I figure out what do I want to do. Do I want to try to make some sort of halftimey like up tempo song or do I want to make some sort of mid tempo yeah. thing? Do I want to try something new? So I start with the tempo, maybe lock in some just kick and snare beats uh, until I get a groove that I'm happy with and then go from there. So, you know, basses, chords, all the, all the jazz, figure out percuss percussions. Um, and the, the, <laughs> I always have this issue. It happens honestly, like 80% of the time where I go into a project and I tell myself, okay, this time it'll be different. <laughs> this time you're going to make, you're going to make 150. You're going to make 170 tempo. Yeah. You're going to do like, like, cause most of my stuff is like mid tempo. I'm going to be like, I'm always saying like, you're going to try <laughs> drum and bass. You're going to try this future bass at 140 or something. And every single time I place all the drums and snares, I start playing some chords on the piano and then I start to speed it up and I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. And then I speed it up more. And then I'm like, okay, well let me go in <laughs> halftime now. And then I'm just at, I'm just at a hundred yeah. BPM, uh, but just double times. <laughs> it's happens so much. It's really annoying, but I, I just, I, I don't know why I just love the whole like 90 to like 120 tempo. I, I don't know. I mean, it works for you. And I like the fact that you're chasing your musical intuition with that. I think there's value. In that. Yeah. It's just, it's so annoying. Cause every time <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, this time it's going to be different. No, well, yeah. no, it's not. <laughs> oh, well, it's funny. But yeah, so, so yeah, I, I start, I usually start with the bulk and, and go from there, get a good idea of what exactly I want the song to be. So are there any plugins or tools that you would say are really important to your workflow and sound at the moment? I... I tell people this, I mean, I've like talked to so many students because so many people are like, you know, like what plugins do I buy? And it's, it's a, it's, well, first of all, I should just say like, I don't know, man, what do you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's I always, unique. yeah, it is. And, and, you know, it depends like what kind of style are you going for? Like, are you even making electronic music? Do you need to buy, you know, software instruments or are you just going to record acoustic stuff? Yeah. Uh, but um, I always tell people if I could own only literally one aftermarket plugin or third-party plugin, I should say, um, it would be the FabFilter Pro Q3. It is 100% like the best thing in the world. <laughs> like, yeah. 
It's so good. It doesn't make sense. It's so good. You can do so much. It's, I love it. What about that? Um, I've been learning some new things about FabFilter Pro Q3 recently, but what does that offer you that just your stock EQ doesn't? You can do like mid-side capabilities, left-right capabilities. You can do EQ matching. Um, you, all their bands go to crazy bandwidths. Yeah. Uh, and you have the, the, the brick walls that work really well with linear phase and don't resonate, uh, which is nuts. Um, I, I was so surprised when they put that out in the new update. Uh, you briefly mentioned linear phase earlier. Can you describe that? I'm sure you can do better than me, just given your technical background. What is a linear phase EQ versus what a standard non-linear phase EQ would be? Yeah. Um, so to put it like pretty simply, um, sh well, I guess I'll explain this as if you know what phase is. And phase is important when you have, like, let's say you just have your, your standard EQ and maybe it has like a, a mix knob on it or something. Not many EQs do. But if you had your your EQ, which works by adjusting phase, that's how most plugins yeah. work, uh, or at least EQs, um, if you are adjusting all the things in your EQ and you have like your, your mix on 50%, you do have to worry about the phase between the, the two signals, um, especially on a master, because if you mess up the phase of something, you're going to be messing up the entire yeah. master, not just uh, one sound in the song. Um, so linear phase EQs basically kind of ensure that that there aren't going to be any phase issues if, if you do run into any. Um, they work in a way where... Uh, you don't really have to worry about it. Uh, you do still, you do still have to worry about it, but it at least puts totally. you at ease, where you don't have to think about it as much. So, so yeah, it just kind of helps you out in that aspect. Totally. So just to kind of like sum up the way that I view it too, definitely when you're EQing on your master, linear phase is a much better way to approach it. If you do very resonant, like high Q cuts, sometimes they can bring some like ringing issues. But for like gentler stuff, you're less likely to mess up the phase of your entire mix. And again, like you can do so much more damage on your master, but less necessary on every single channel within your mix. But as you get more and more stuff coming into it and I don't know, it's just more valuable information. One of your phase EQs are um, really valuable there. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You hit the nail on the head. Um, yeah. Awesome. So kind of going back on your workflow, one thing that I want to ask you about is your drops courses, whatever you want to call them. There's a ton of variety in them, a lot of complexity, still easy to follow along, but there's just so many different iterations and changes. What does that process look like for you to kind of build a base idea and develop off of that? Because I think one thing that I hear in a lot of kind of newer producers music is they've got maybe a good starting idea, but it gets old and repetitive really quickly. So kind of give your insight into that. Yeah. Um, so I, th I think the I say this like I don't know. Uh, I I think the reason that I, I make my music so... Uh, I don't want to say complex because I, I feel like it almost sounds pompous yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I say it. Um, so uh, crazy, whatever, sure. I'll just say that. Um, lots of stuff going on. I think the reason that I do that is because I'm so afraid of it being kind of stagnant and stale. Um, and, and it is kind of easy to like, let's say you have like a, a bass layer it's, and it's like, it sounds okay. Yeah. Uh, but if you have like 30 other layers going on, that bass layer doesn't even matter, but it still might add something cool. Um, 
like in the earlier days of when I was working on music, I, I would layer stuff in a sense of kind of to hide stuff as well as being afraid of yeah. being stale um, in areas. And uh, actually in my, my very early days of music, I, I would write drops where I actually just tried to fit as many <laughs> instruments uh, in the drop as I can. Not like all at once. It would kind of go through like chord, <laughs> harmonica, chord, saxophone, chord, yeah. flute, chord, synthesizer it would just is what i like to call those <laughs> yeah yeah um so i i do i i think for me um i just i love music that just you hear something and you don't hear it for a long time and it just makes you go like whoa yeah what was that and then you don't hear it again and and you're still thinking like what the <laughs> heck was that and then you just look back and you're like Man, that was cool. Like, why did they just put it right there? I don't know. I love the the just small nuances. That's it's probably my favorite part about writing music is putting things in that literally no one will ever hear other than me. But I just I love it. It's so much fun. Going back to what you're saying, like that's what works for you. Not everybody needs to do that. Not everybody needs that much variety. Oh yeah, but yeah. that's something that you enjoy doing, and it's effective because you've gotten the releases that you had with your music. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I uh, I actually had a, a long conversation on this subject with Volant uh, because he about our like songwriting yeah. processes and he he loves being a lot more minimal and I always tell him I'm like man I just I can't do it I don't know what's wrong yeah. I don't know what's wrong with me but I just can't do it and he's like I don't know man that's just what works yeah. for me so so yeah it's it is it is a very mm-hmm. personal thing because um, that's just what I want at the end of the day uh, I love variation uh, some of my what well, I mean one of my favorite artists is, currently is uh, Jacob Collier yes. and his music is is mm-hmm. not so is the, the yeah. best way to put it um, listening to his songs is just crazy and like i like my music to be like that maybe not so far like that but uh i just i love the little interesting little details and blips and stuff so kind of in terms of your workflow i know that you do have a background with live instruments are those important to your production process at this point especially given the fact that you're producing electronic music yes um i i think it's important for people to learn instruments um not that you have to. I mean, when I was first producing, I only knew guitar and drums, and I wasn't great. I was just fine. Um, but I did I did learn a lot of things from it. Uh, I learned how to pick apart songs and find chords, like I mentioned earlier. And um, I think it, it, it helps you think about the song a little bit differently. Um, mm-hmm. I, I ended up learning piano also on my own. My, my parents got my sister this crappy old i think i think they still have it this old yamaha keyboard that has like the 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 screen that shows you how to play live in la vida loca (laughs) on the keys (laughs) which i did learn how to play on it um so i I was just uh i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if i want to remember Uh, i'm sure i can figure out very soon or very quickly but i i'm okay without it um, I think a fun fact about that song, I think that was the first ever like major release that was recorded entirely in a digital DAW. Really? I did not know that. It's that some is... Ricky Martin song. It's 1999 is when that released. I think that was like the first huh. song fully recorded on Pro Tools for like a major release or something like that. Anywho, sorry. That's honestly, that's kind of awesome. I know. I'm I'm glad to know. That. That's cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I learned... Uh, I basically taught myself piano by using this crappy keyboard that uh, we didn't have a sustain pedal for, and it wasn't velocity sensitive. Um, 
and yeah. it was it was uh it was not great uh but but i got i got myself interested in in learning chords lots of shaping um at some point in high school i uh, took a piano class and it was honestly kind of strange because I was like the best in the class <laughs> <laughs> and, and I like, not that like everyone else was bad, but it was just like, I was surprised with how well yeah. I did based off of just using that keyboard pretty much. Um, which that made, made me lead into buying a keyboard at one point so I could use it with FL Studio, which just let me practice more and more and get better at, at forming chords and playing with the, the piano, which which honestly has helped a lot so much in my songwriting process and is yeah. obviously a big part of it, as you can tell, um, which which is nice because I can... I can be listening to a section and I'm like, this needs a melody. And then all of a sudden I just, I play something and I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe it'll change later, but, uh, but that's, that's fast uh, versus the, uh, yeah. the early days of drawing in every single MIDI note with your mouse and moving them around to make piano sections feel natural and stuff. One thing and, that I really like about my workflow and I'm sure you've got the same thing is you've got all these different ways that you could approach writing a chord progression and writing a melody. Like I almost say it's like the four corners of writing melodies. I can sing a melody in, I can draw a melody in, I can play it in on the piano or I can play it in on the guitar. And that gives me four approaches for if I'm ever getting stuck melodically and harmonically, that gives myself more variety and options for writing. Yes. Uh, and it's, it's really nice to have that at, at your, in your toolbox, uh, because you can be, um, you know, going, going into a project and you're, you start playing something on the piano and you're like, this isn't really working. And then you get your yeah. guitar out and you're like, okay. And, and you're, you're more comfortable with different keys and different chord progressions on each instrument. And, and you do something differently, or maybe you, you're sparked with a different inspiration while you're using your guitar versus the piano. And, and yeah, it's, it's great to have those, those different outlets that just can make you think so differently yeah. about, about the actual songwriting itself. Um, and yeah, so, so I, I go into a lot, lots of songs with, with instruments constantly. Sometimes I do start out with, I occasionally write just, just piano pieces or just guitar pieces and um, just to try to, kind of like a, a mixture of practicing as well as uh, maybe yeah. I'll find a chord progression I like that I can use later, something like that. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm a, a big fan of, of guitar pedals. Uh, I seriously love them and I have, I have a few, uh, I wish I had more, I'll get more eventually, but, but it's, it's fun like having almost like, uh, they're kind of like my only really like outboard gear currently. Okay. Um, but it's fun to have that aspect of, to play with and, and it gives me a, a different headspace to, to write stuff in. Cause I'll just be like, you know, I just like tap the strings on my guitar and I make this atrocious sound using all my pedals and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's cool. And then I roll with it and make a song. Yeah, so it's a different hands-on workflow and approach. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's cool to be able to just have so many different, different ways to approach it because I, I don't like the, I, I mean, I know I always start with, with a chorus, a drop, whatever, um, but I don't like approaching every song the same way because uh, if I don't want my discography to, you know, be boring. I don't want it to, oh, here's another song. Oh, it sounds like this. There it is. It's cool. I like it. It's good. But, you know, so. And and some of the, the musical background for, like, chords and stuff for me, I, I did play, I played trombone in high school. And, uh yeah. 
a fun, goofy instrument. Uh, and I played it in concert band and I also did jazz band and I just had a lot of fun with it. That's how I, that's honestly, that was where I first got any music theory knowledge. And from then, like I started using this one program, uh, where you can just write out uh, music notation and it plays symphonically. And it's, I, li- I actually like doing that stuff a lot. It's, it always sounds terrible, but <laughs> it, it's, it's really fun because that's also yet again, uh, you know, if you know music theory, that's just another toolbox that you can write stuff at a different approach. Cause in- instead of like going into something like, like, you know, how do my fingers feel on the guitar or do these, are these chords impossible for me to play? You can write this chord progression that like an orchestra does that there's no way you could play that with, you know, 10 fingers or whatever, eight fingers, two thumbs, if that's still a thing. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I don't think people have to know music theory. I don't think they have to know an instrument. Um, but I do think that having the, the most amount of resources that you possibly can have are just they're not crucial, but they're, they're so valuable. It's, it's, it's great. It's quite, it's quite lovely. Yeah. It's definitely the way that I approach it too. And I played piano when I was young, but completely dropped it off. And after three, four years of production, just wanted more things to do creatively. And especially when you're in a production rut, it's nice to have things outside of uh, being in the DAW that you can kind of work on. Like for me, learning how to play the piano and then learning how to play the guitar for the first time, it's a completely different muscle that I feel like I'm exercising. So even if I'm burnt out on production, I can go play the guitar. I can like sit down and watch TV if I'm feeling really bored or just like go walk in on the piano and jam for a while. And it's just like, like I said, like a different muscle, especially if I'm feeling a little bit burnt out on production. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a, that's the a really good way to put it. The the whole different muscle <laughs> metaphor. It's yeah. It's just different aspects. Just super nice. Um, yeah. And and like occasionally, like maybe I'll get too much in a groove of of actually playing like piano or something. I'm like, man, I got to do something else. <laughs> um, and I'm like, I don't want to turn to instruments because I've been doing that too recently. So I'll go to like like my Ableton push and I'll. Uh, just like make something totally in the box, which, which I don't do very often these days. Uh, so that sometimes can be refreshing after going back from the, the instrumentation side of things. Um, but yeah, just the more you have at your disposal, I think the better off you are. Sweet. So by the time this episode is going to be released, your new EP with Monster Cat is going to be out. Talk about kind of how that came to be and why you decided to write your um, first EP with them. Yeah. Um, so I, the the song still that came out um what was the date on that it was in january january 7th 21st or 9th 21st i don't know man (laughs) man that was only the 21st that's crazy oh that's awesome i think i think it's it's gonna hit a hundred thousand uh plays on spotify today congrats (laughs) oh that's that's awesome that's my first that's really fast for me that's cool awesome well yeah so yeah uh that song is the first single off the ep it's the uh the starting song to the ep and um i actually started writing that song i did a questionnaire when it came out on uh, twitter and instagram where i was asking my followers to guess when i started working on the project uh and actually a good amount of people got it correct uh it came out in or i started working on that project in May of 2017, Damn. which yeah. is crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that was, I believe that was the same month that nurture came out 
or it's it's pretty close to it. I don't know if it's the same month, but but yeah, I I started it so long ago, and I was just in this this groove uh, right after releasing. I I released Nur- or Neos pretty recently, and then Nurture, and I was like, okay, okay, and then I started working on this song, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, and I continued with it, and actually, I don't know, probably within a few months, it got to a point where where it was actually pretty solid, but. I, I don't know why it took me so long. It took yeah. me fr- freaking forever. I, uh, I, it, it released just last month, but it was actually finished last January. So January, <laughs> 2019. So it's not like I've been yeah. writing it for three years, um, but that was the start of the EP. I had no other songs at that point um, when I started that one. Uh, so I, I just went from there. It had a, it had a pretty unique feeling uh, to me. Um, I know since it's been out, some people say it kind of reminds mm-hmm. them of like a nurture 2.0. Cause it has some, some Eastern influences in it. Um, and I, I like the aspect yeah. where it, it almost kind of takes you somewhere. Um, and, and I kind of rolled with that specifically when I was writing the EP, I, I wanted every song to feel like it was going to an actual place, uh, whether that's yeah. a place where you actually know where it is or, you know, something like a mind, um, a headspace, whatever it is, uh, I, that was important for me. I wanted it to, to feel uh, like it could put you somewhere uh, where you could feel pretty, uh, almost at ease, I guess. Um, so that, after I kind of had that idea in my head, it, it came pretty naturally, the writing of the, the rest of the EP. Um, the order of the EP is not how I wrote the songs in order. I, I wrote the rest of it, the other four songs in kind of a random order, but I okay. did them all sort of at the same time. Um, I started one, uh, and it's 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 kind of different than a lot of my music because it's very acoustic feeling in a sense. And I, yeah, I'm super excited about it. I was at the time I was listening to a lot of Pliny. I don't know if you've listened to him before. He is uh, he's an awesome guitar player. He's definitely one of my favorites. Um, worth checking out for sure. But I was very inspired by him, so I, I wrote this. It's kind of acoustic guitar song, um, and I, I just kind of rolled with it. Um, after that, I started to write some of the other songs, which kind of go hand in hand. I was uh, honestly pretty inspired uh by breath of the wild as i was writing the ep which i mean i love video games i've grown up with them they're they're a big part of me um and i i started to write the second song of the ep birchview i i kind of wrote that song as i was playing breath of the wild because the the game itself just like as I was discovering how it worked and discovering all these things, it, it felt, it felt so cool to me. Like I felt like I was on this grand adventure yeah. and all these, these interesting things going on. And it was, it, I don't know. It, it really influenced me. Uh, strangely enough, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking it would, it would hit me as hard as it did. But um, so that the second song Birchview had kind of got written by breath of the wild, which is really weird. Um and then, uh, actually, it's really funny. Uh, two of the songs on the EP I sing on, um, Hang Lim and Ubi, or Ubi, I guess I should say, Ubi. Um, and those were actually the first songs that I've done lyrics in. I actually wrote enough uh, towards the end of, or kind of at the middle of 2019, 
Um, so Enough is actually the third song okay. I've written with lyrics, but it's the first one that people know. Uh, so so I, I started writing yeah. those these two songs on the EP with lyrics, and it was my first time. I mean, I've, I've sang in the past. I've, I've been in like some bands where I sang just for fun, and I've done some recordings at, at the school mm-hmm. I taught at. Uh, where I sang just for fun as well. But uh, this is the first time I'd done it on my own stuff. I, I've been wanting to do it for years, but I was super hesitant because it's it's uh, yeah just like nerve wracking to get over. Like, what if it doesn't work on my music? What if people hate me? What if it just sucks? What if I'm not as good as, yeah, totally. yeah. Um, but I think I think what, what helped me overcome that is I just, I started to record the vocals and I heard it and I was like, I realized what I didn't like and I realized what I liked. I improved upon it. I, I'm really bad at, uh, I can hit notes really well with my voice. Um, but I'm really bad at hitting them when there's a ton of music going on. So like when I record vocals, the music is like super (laughs) duper quiet and I'm like, it's like nothing but my voice in my head, which is really annoying, but it, it helps me nail the notes. Um, yeah. And I just, I realized what my flaws were and I just built upon it. And I had, I had so much fun and I just like, it, it really like opened my eyes when I realized like, Hey, like I, I realized I'm not like, I'm not like this singer. I'm not like this, but I, I can definitely do this and I, I do enjoy it. And it sounds actually good on my music. So, um, so even though like enough was the first song I released with with lyrics this is definitely the ep is is my turning point for for my vocals um and i i feel like it's a turning point for me overall because it it does feel pretty unique compared to the rest of my music i feel like um so i'm pretty i'm pretty stoked about it honestly yeah it's been in the works for way too long gotta get this out of there So one more question and then we'll wrap things up. We've got a lot of newer producers listening to this podcast. What advice would you give them to give them the best odds of success moving forward with music? It's, you know, there's never, there's never going to be a a single answer. That's, you know, this is going to work. I think, I think people need to, they need to realize what they want and, and kind of, realize what they can do to make that actually come to fruition. Um, because like we've talked about a lot of things, you know, like procrastination and, you know, balancing your job and stuff. And you, you just need to, you need to want it basically. Um, something as far as like, you know, making it, getting big, all that stuff to me, that stuff isn't important. I love making music. I, I love writing music. I would do it if no one listened to my music, but the fact that people do is is just super extra great. Um, it, it does become a little bit different once you start to gain a following because you feel a responsibility. Like, you do mm-hmm. have to continue. Like, if I were to come out with, like, some acoustic pop album under the name Glacier, like, even if that's what I wanted to do, I feel like that wouldn't be fair to my listeners, you know? Yeah. Um, and you do get this weird responsibility at some point, but, uh, to, to get to a point where you feel confident, you just, you just got to keep going for it. Really. Yeah. It's, it's so easy to, to shrug things off and, and tell yourself like, you know, I'll do this later or, you know, maybe this isn't for me, but really you just got to keep doing it. You got to learn as much as you can never stop learning. That's always a given, but constantly learn stuff. Uh, and, and, 
your music will improve. You know, it's going to suck at first. Everyone's does. Mm -hmm. If yours doesn't, then, uh, you're probably wrong. <laughs> Everyone's music needs to suck at one point. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you got, you know, you got to be humble here. Come on. Um, but uh, yeah, you just you'll you'll continually get better as as you learn, and you just you just gotta keep moving forward. It's 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 hard. It's tough, but you know, life's tough. And if it wasn't tough, then why would we do it anyway? So, you know, if <laughs> there's a quote I love, even though it's really yeah. dumb. Um, from Adventure Time, Love it. Uh, that is, uh, if you get everything the moment you want it, then what's the point of living? And it's, yeah, it's actually like, it's pretty great. Um, because realistically, if I was like, oh, I want to be famous, and then all of a sudden, literally you're famous, like, it wouldn't have any significance to it. Or you're like, I want to be an iron chef and then you're mm -hmm. an iron chef and you're like, Oh, that's cool. But then like, you're like, Oh, okay. Well now I just want to go yeah. to Japan and then you're in Japan and it, life would just, you got to have struggle. So yeah, it's, it's easy to become overwhelmed with things and doubt yourself. Um, but if, if it, if following music is what you love, then you, you just, you got to go for it um, and go for it intellectually. Don't, don't, just you know stop everything you're doing and be like i have yeah. to do this right now or nothing's going to work out do it in a way that makes sense don't give everything up for something you don't know is going to work um because at the end of the day like i said if you love it the other aspects of it shouldn't matter they do matter but they shouldn't matter as much as the fact that you love it and that's that's what's important um i think if you if you start to write music and it does progressively get better, mm -hmm. people will listen. Um, and I know people say that and it's easy to be like, well, no one's listening to me and my music's great. Well, you just gotta, just gotta keep going and you'll, you'll see that you do get better as time goes along. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, with that, we will wrap things up for this episode. Everyone listening, you can find Glacier's music in the description of this podcast, including his brand new EP. Elliot, it's been great chatting with you and I appreciate being on the show. Thank you so much. I, I like chatting with you. You seem pretty cool. It was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cheers. Cheers.